Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now. A firestorm is erupting in D.C. and among the corporate press. As Tucker Carlson continues to question the January 6th narrative, releasing footage and doing interviews, we now have new evidence suggesting some kind of cover up or potential federal involvement in the organization or execution of the January 6th protests, whatever you want to call it. Now, of course, everybody knows about Ray Epps. It's very strange. This guy was advocating for, calling for people to enter the Capitol building, is seen right in front of the barricades, whispering in a man's ear before he then tears down the barricades. But for some reason, this man's not been uh, uh, prosecuted. Meanwhile, the Q shaman, the guy they say was this evil insurrectionist, gets charged and convicted. And then we see footage released showing him being escorted by the police. In response to what Tucker Carlson has done, the media has come out in full force lying about everything. It's actually kind of crazy. You know, I'm watching this clip I see from The Daily Show, and I think it's Marlon Wayans saying, if you have to punch a cop to get in, you're not sightseeing. And it's just like, man, really, how do we compete with people who will not even read CNN articles? Because CNN's got articles talking about how a guy got acquitted because the cops waved him in the building. What they do is they claim Tucker is lying by calling it peaceful. And they ignore the fact that Tucker actually did show on his show the violence at the Capitol. But he was discerning and pointed out the nuance in that the other side of the building had a peaceful rally and these people were confused. And that's the game. We have this video from Tucker Carlson. Benny Johnson retweets it. In an interview with Tucker Carlson, former Capitol Police Lieutenant who was suspended for wearing a MAGA hat says then Assistant Capitol Police Chief Yogananda Pittman, who was later promoted by Nancy Pelosi, kept vital info from the police on January 6th. This is, in my opinion, one of the more damning stories. Now, of course, you had a guy, a cop wearing a MAGA hat, trying to, I suppose what they're saying, he's trying to to keep the, the uh, politicians safe and protected and all that. But he's not being told what's going on. Now, we've had questions about this man before, for sure. But now his statements to Carlson make it seem like the police knew. They knew what to expect. They knew how to expect it. And for some reason, they were drastically underprepared. And on the day in question, vital information was kept from officers so they could not properly do their jobs. But let me just point out, as we saw the other day, the police escorted the Q shaman guy in response to this. You know what's happening? They have leaked 
Tucker Carlson's private text messages. When you go up against a machine, the machine strikes back. But I want to play you uh, play you a video from last night's Timcast IRL, which is going viral right now with 4,000 retweets as of 1 a.m. It is from uh, 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 Koa the Great, who retweeted the clip from our show. And I know many of you may have missed it, but you need to hear what Cash Patel has to say about this in his conversation with me to understand the context of what's going on right now. I want to show you defini- I want to show you the lies they're pushing, the retaliation against Tucker Carlson. And I want you to listen to Cash Patel. Listen to this. I think as a former federal prosecutor and a public defender who defended a lot of these types of cases, what you need to show is whether or not the FBI and government agents were using undercover operatives and informants on the day of January 6th. Because if you can show that, you know they've been out. Hang on. But the paperwork shows having run informants, that's a six-month buildup. Minimum. Right. Minimum. It's not like they just dropped them into the Proud Boys and said, hey, go, don't disrupt, please. So once you prove that, then you defeat the insurrection narrative with the FBI's own documentation. Forget what the videotape shows. Just just for, for people who you can't see what's going on in the room, the no, reason why Cash just said, hang on, or whatever, is because I started smirking and rolling my eyes. And what I meant to convey with that is... Come on, we know they were involved. I, well, no, <laughs> right, no, 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 look, I well, totally clarify, agree. Though. Yeah. I'm not saying I know definitively. What I'm saying is a reasonable suspicion is that there were agents. There's a video showing a guy with an earpiece pulling people into the building. All right. Mm-hmm. You combine that with the evidence of Ray Epps, and it looks like you have a preponderance of evidence suggesting there may have been federal law enforcement involved in making that thing happen. I'll get you beyond a reasonable doubt. All Two right. pieces of information. Ray Epps was on FBI's most wanted list one day, and the next day he was off of the FBI's most wanted list. There are only two ways that happens. You die or your informant. Put that aside. Under congressional testimony, Jill Sanborn, who I used to work with, the head of the FBI Counterintelligence Division, in charge of all these investigations, testified under oath when Senator Cruz asked her, spent flat out, were there federal agents involved with January 6th? And she said, quote, Senator, I can't answer that at this time. Not if the answer was definitively no, having been a DOJ FBI guy myself, she would have gone there and said, nope, absolutely not. The reason she said I can't answer that is because of the same stonewalling they gave us during Russiagate with Christopher Steele, Halper, and everybody else. It's the same narrative, and I'm but telling you they were there. So the point is, and I think this clip from last night was so important, I wanted to show it to you again. I know some of you probably watched it live. Some of you have probably already seen it, listening to the show. I want to play it here as we are now dealing with a new video from Tucker Carlson, which came out basically at the same time, and the resulting retaliation against him. This clip, let me play a little bit for you. Never called him to testify. My voice was one of the first ones you hear on the audio transmission, so um, I, I did expect to get an interview at some time, but no, it didn't happen. Uh, I guess the focus um, um, was on Donald Trump. According to Johnson, no one answered his numerous pleas for help over Capitol Police radio frequencies. Johnson says he, quote, didn't hear anything on the radio. According to Johnson, Yogananda Pittman kept vital information about the protests from frontline officers like him. Pittman was the assistant chief of the department in charge of intelligence operations. We should have been better prepared that day, and we could have been better prepared that day if the information was disseminated like it was supposed to be. Once protesters moved inside the building, Johnson's first concern was the safety of senators. His tr- so the question is, if they knew the protests were going to happen, and they did, and uh, uh, there were police on site asking for help, 
Where was it? There's a video showing a man walking up to cops saying, why aren't you doing anything about this? Why aren't you stopping it? Tucker Carlson released video showing the police escorting the Q shaman guy, Jacob Chansley, through the building and even trying to open doors for him. Why was that never part of the narrative? I want to show you this from CNN Politics, April 6th, 2022, about a year ago. Let me read you CNN. A federal judge on Wednesday found Matthew Martin not guilty of four federal misdemeanors related to trespassing. Marking the first time a U.S. Capitol right defendant was acquitted of all charges. Martin, who worked for a government contractor before his arrest following the riot, successfully argued that a U.S. Capitol police officer waved him into the building. At least one video played during the trial appeared to show an officer moving his arm in a waving motion. The acquittal is a major milestone in the massive January 6th investigation, as hundreds of people face the same misdemeanors as Martin. Dozens of rioters have alleged that they were allowed into the Capitol by police officers and that they did not know entering the building was illegal. The not guilty verdict is likely to embolden more alleged rioters to head to trial with similar claims. So you mean to tell me we got a video of a guy being waved in by cops and not just him. You think this video is one guy by himself and the cop goes, hey, you come on in, buddy. No, it's a huge crowd and the cops are fanning people in and they opened the doors. You see what the left is lying about. Let me uh, let me show you this uh, clip from The Daily Show. I was watching Fox News last night because ah, he was watching Fox News. You're all the laughing because apparently I hate my life. Uh... So these are people I watch MSNBC sometimes. I, you'll notice that even on these segments, I'll pull up a clip from MSNBC. I want to know what they're saying. I'll pull up clips from from Joe Scarborough or from uh, back in the day, Rachel Maddow. She, I shouldn't really do much anymore because I want to know what they're saying. And then I want to make have that argument. These people laugh at the idea of learning something. Amazing. But I learned something. You know how the. Oh, he learned something. You see that? January- let me just let me just point that out. He said, I watched Fox News because I hate my life, but I learned something. They all laughed. They all left. January 6th as the day a bunch of violent Trump fans stormed into the Capitol. Well, according to Fox News, we just got the footage wrong. You did. Fox News host Tucker Carlson aired the first clips of the unseen January 6th surveillance footage given to him by Speaker Kevin McCarthy. On his show last night, he said the insurrection was mostly peaceful chaos, adding that the people who forced themselves into the Capitol weren't, quote, insurrectionists, they were sightseers. We're going to get inside with footage that shows you what was actually happening inside the Capitol. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Sightseeing my black ass. <laughs> If you have to punch a cop on your way in, you're not sightseeing. And there's the lie. As I already show you and disproved his claim, one guy was waved in by cops. 
And again, not one guy. One guy was acquitted because a video showed the cop wave him in. Now, where was that? Why did they not show you? Why is it the Daily Wire? I'm sorry, the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire is showing you. Why is it the Daily Show showing you the footage of what happened at the Capitol? Why are they withholding it from you? Now, you can argue, uh, I believe this is Marlon Wayans. You can argue they're just dumb as a box of rocks. Mm. I'm beyond giving people the benefit of the doubt. I firmly believe the people who produce these shows know full well. And why do I think so? In order to produce a show like The Daily Show, you have to actually go through footage to make your edits. Huh. Well, that would mean the editors have seen the full footage and know the full context and are intentionally misleading you. The backlash to what Tucker Carlson is doing is uh, uh, getting pretty intense. But I want to make sure I show you this from Tucker's own show. QAnon Shaman. Watch. What's this? These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. Well, hold They're on familiar a because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out. So you mean to tell me that if you actually watched Tucker Carlson's segment, the first thing he showed you was violence, police with tear gas, windows being smashed out, violent Trump supporters. The first thing he showed you, he says, yes, the footage exists. It's real. We've all seen it. It's bad, etc. But it also turns out many of these people who are at a peaceful demonstration, I think he even mentions, let me see if I can. Uh, he, he pulls up the segment, uh, uh, a map, I believe, showing, look at it, he shows more violence, explains there was violence, and then goes on to explain that there was a peaceful rally on the other side of the building. Now, why won't they be honest about that? Look at that right there. A peaceful rally. Trump says you're going to go peacefully. Here it is. Let's uh, let's pull it up. Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. So uh, Tucker Carlson presents the nuance and they lie about it. And the retaliation has been uh, swift. We've got, I mean, the, the, the media is losing their mind. The impact of Speaker McCarthy giving Tucker Carlson riot videos. They're going after McCarthy. There was this video that came out where he said he believes in transparency. This is one of the latest developments. And they're saying he's whitewashing January 6th. You know, my friends, it's a, it's a scary time. And it's maybe always been this scary what do you do when you're surrounded by a violent, angry mob? Can you talk to them? Can you, can you try and convince them? Otherwise, you can't. And that's what this country is becoming. Rational discernment in politics is going out the window. We've got one channel, for the most part, Tucker Carlson on TV, surrounded by a violent, psychotic cult. And then they call you the cultist. But as I've already proven to you, definitively. Please share this one with your friends and family. Tucker Carlson did show the violence. He did explain the violence. He wasn't saying the violence was peaceful. He was saying there were other people on the other side of the building who were peaceful, who were led in by cops. And I've proven that to you as well with CNN saying a guy got acquitted because it's a video showing the cops waving him in. But why won't the corporate press go into detail about this? It's funny because that article I showed you is from CNN from CNN saying this happened. Here's where they're going now. 
From CNN's Oliver Darcy, Tucker Carlson passionately hates Trump and eight more key revelations about Fox News from New Dominion filings. Yes, yes. Right after Tucker Carlson gets access to this evidence, which exonerates the Q shaman, in my opinion, they leak text messages saying he hates Donald Trump. The filings expose the face of the network, Tucker Carlson, as a fraud. They show that Rupert Murdoch rejected conspiracy theories about Dominion, blah, blah, blah. Carlson passionately hates Trump in a number of private messages. Carlson was harshly critical of Trump. In one November exchange, Carlson said that Trump's decision to snub Joe Biden's inauguration was so destructive. He added that Trump's post-election behavior was disgusting and that he was trying to look away. In another text message conversation, two days before January 6th, he said, we are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. I hate him passionately, he said to the Trump presidency. That's the last four years. We're all pretending we've got a lot to show for it because admitting what a disaster it's been is too tough to digest. But come on, there isn't really an upside to Trump. I don't care if Tucker Carlson likes or dislikes Trump. That's fine. That has nothing to do with what's going on with the January 6th footage. But you know what? They're going to come after Tucker and they want you to distrust him. The point of this right now, in my opinion, perfect timing, by the way, is to sow distrust among Trump's supporters and Tucker Carlson because Tucker is presenting evidence that shows something different happened on January 6th than what the January 6th committee is telling you. Oh, the Krasensteins, the fa- our favorite liberal commentators, were uh, praising Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin represents the district literally right next to where I'm at right now. Several of my employees live in his district. He took video footage of me reading a news article and then juxtaposed it with people calling for a red wedding or something to make it seem like I was calling for insurrection. It's amazing. So a product produced by people who are in his district, he lied about. This man is truly depraved and evil. I think Jamie Raskin is evil because these people cannot discuss the things they are without having actually seen the real evidence. It's not possible. To put it simply, if you are actually going to pull a clip of me talking about what happened uh, pre-January 6th, the news article, well, you have to actually watch the video to get the selects, to get the point you want to pull out of context. They had to have watched me say, this is a news article I'm reading about Donald Trump. And wow, I mean, Trump supporters are getting crazy. In order for you to make that edit and lie, you had to have actually gone through the footage. Sure. You can argue it's not Jamie Raskin, but his staff who are truly evil. Perhaps. But come on, we ain't playing that game. Here's what we have. Cash Patel highlighting. First of all, Cash Patel, literally Trump administration guy, DOJ, FBI, all that stuff, prosecutor. He would know. Outright said last night that it's beyond a reasonable doubt that feds were involved. There's a video showing a guy with an earpiece pulling people into the building and a woman saying, why are you pulling us in here? How about that? I'll make it simple for you, my friends. If I was employed by a shadowy government organization and they said, we want to guarantee that Donald Trump wins the election, I could snap my fingers and make something like that happen. Easy. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. What I'm saying is I could formulate the plan for you in a few seconds. I've talked about it before. Here's what I would do. May 29th, 2020, a summer of love. Man, 
not that far off from an election. It's kind of crazy. It's been almost three years since the summer of love. Isn't it nuts? Three years. A bunch of far left extremists ripped down the barricades in front of the White House, set fire to a guard post and set fire to St. John's Church. The police pushed them out, shut it down. Not before Donald Trump was rushed into an emergency bunker at the White House. If I was going to uh, try and guarantee the election of Donald Trump being employed by a shadowy intelligence agency, what I would do is I would say, stand down. Let the far left extremists do exactly what they're doing. The next day, Donald Trump would emerge from the emergency bunker to fences ripped down at the White House and to St. John's Church being burnt to the ground, raised by far left extremists. And then what he would say is the far left extremists have become a growing threat to this nation to the point where they laid siege to the White House and destroyed a historic church. When asked, why didn't the police stop it? Oh, you just say exactly what they're saying now at January 6th. The brave men and women of the Capitol Police were trying to. We're trying to. But there's a difficult stance that's taken when you're dealing with insurrectionist far left extremists and peaceful protesters who we were trying to protect. The fact is, if on May 29th, the far left succeeded in burning down St. John's Church as they, they set it on fire. Trump then had the police come in and push them all out. Then they put the fire out. You see, it was the right thing to do. If you're an honest man, it's the wrong thing to do if you want to win an election. Because what ends up happening is simple. Donald Trump, if he allowed that to happen, then the far left would be the villains. The Democrats would be forced as much as they would still try and smear it. They'd have very little options. The media would have no choice. People would be asking questions. How did this building burn down? The White House was ransacked by who? Antifa? But they, they said Antifa wasn't real. Trump would then go on the debate stage and say, Joe Biden denounced these far left extremists. They are your supporters. Instead, the complete inverse happens with January 6th. The Capitol Police, for some reason, couldn't stop this horde of angry Trump supporters. The narrative becomes insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. So let me just say this. Considering I'm just some dude complaining on the Internet and what I said makes total sense and y'all probably agree. I'll just put it this way. Whether or not anybody would orchestrate such a thing. Imagine what would happen if the far left succeeded in ransacking the White House. Yeah, the media narrative would be inverted right before an election. Attacks in Portland, the far left threat. The American people would be freaking out. Antifa ransacking the White House. And Trump could have campaigned on that. And that would have been the issue because so many people felt those riots. There's photos of smoke emerging from D.C. when the riots went down. But Trump won. And so it doesn't become a narrative. It just becomes another protest was stopped. So what? But on January 6, the protesters got in the building and that became the narrative. If the Capitol Police stopped January 6, there'd be no insurrection narrative. If Donald Trump did not stop the 529 insurrection, that would be all we are talking about, or at least until he got reelected. And he would have been reelected, hands down, no questions asked. You know, I've had conversations on Timcast IRL about the inverse, things that could be done to absolutely stop Trump from winning. And there's a handful of things. Just depends on how evil the people who want to win are. And I think they're absolutely evil. So I would not put it past the federal agencies, intelligence agencies. I would, uh, I could probably do a better still. There you go. Here's cash. I would not put it past them to organize and orchestrate something like January 6th in order to stop Donald Trump. 
But I don't know, man. I'm not going to say I know definitively. I'm saying I'm going to say that uh, any sufficiently evil person would easily have pulled off that game. It's a psychological operation, right? I think it is more likely than not and beyond a reasonable doubt that federal agents were involved. They knew what was going to happen. They knew what the plan was, and they let it happen. It helps them. The retaliation is now coming for Tucker Carlson. The machine does not sit idly by if you are disproving their lies. But it doesn't mean we've lost. We'll see. I got to admit, I'm not the most confident. I think conservatives are disorganized and, and, you know, dejected. I heard from one former Trump administration official who said, it may seem like there are victories in front of you, but the goal of the intelligence agencies is to give the right just enough wins so that it feels like you're having a pressure release valve, as it were. Win 49% of the time, so it doesn't feel like you're losing in the immediate, but the left is winning 51% of the time. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I suppose we'll wait and see. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Right now, you've got all of the corporate press claiming that Tucker Carlson is lying about what happened on January 6th, despite the fact that Tucker Carlson is being much more honest than all of the corporate press, the Democrats, and establishment Republicans. And while they're screaming and crying about the insurrection... Stacey Abrams' nonprofit launches direct action against, quote, Cop City. That's right. While they're screaming about January 6th, and many people are playing into it, far-left terrorists have laid siege to a government facility just outside of Atlanta. They call it Cop City. We learned that uh, there's, there's varying reports, 23 or 35, I'm not sure the exact number because it's been reported differently. Individuals have been captured by law enforcement. I say captured because some of these individuals are not from the United States. So when you have people from France and Canada who are attacking government facilities, we typically don't say we arrested somebody who was attacking our country, right? Like if we're in Afghanistan and then like an Al-Qaeda guy runs up or Taliban, they don't say arrested. They say captured a leader, right? That's why I say captured. Look, it's not a protest. It's extreme violence and terror against a government facility, and it is now being supported by a particularly prominent Democratic figure, which some people speculate, uh, who some people speculate, may actually run for president. This is the difference between the right and the left. And this is why I'm going to tell you right now, to y'all faces, the people who are naysaying about the idea of a civil war or national divorce have, sh- have stuffed their head into the sand. They're refusing to see what's going on. Let me make clear for you with this story. Stacey Abrams, what did she do? Claimed an election was stolen from her. It's a prominent Democratic figure. They say she may run for president, as I already stated. And she is now, through her nonprofit, supporting further terrorism. What happened in Atlanta and Memphis and Cop City has has people charged 
as terrorists because they're not just like showing up and waving signs. They are firebombing buildings. Stacey Abrams supports this. At the same time, the establishment is talking about January 6th. They are screaming and crying because Tucker released a video of the cops escorting a guy in a shaman headgear through a building, but they are ignoring a political faction. And this is part of it. Not only do these far left extremists, not only are they equipped and funded by far left NGOs, they are defended by politicians, defended by the press. And when they commit extreme violence, literally right now, insurrection, the media says nothing. So you best start believing in Civil War stories, my friends. You're in one. I watched uh, the first episode of Strange New Worlds, the Star Trek show. And it's funny because there's a scene where the captain, it's an old story, but he's like, it's, what, 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 I forgot what he called it. Eventually, it started as a civil war and then eventually it became World War III. Maybe that's what's happening. But y'all want to go ahead and believe. I'm not saying all of you. I'm just saying the people who do, that there's not a civil war happening. We may not be in the hot conflict uh, you know, that we can see definitively. But I tell you this. When you have 150 far left extremists, some from out of the country, attacking government facilities and you have institutions protecting them, this is the makings of civil war. Because if it was just Antifa on their own attacking these facilities, I'd say insurgency, I don't know, unrest, whatever you want to call it, riots. But they have institutional support and protection. That is something different. A Southern Poverty Law Center lawyer was arrested as part of the terrorist attack. And a spokesperson for the SPLC tweeted out in support of the terrorists. And Stacey Abrams' organization is organizing for the terrorists. I love how I say the terrorists. But listen, I'm not talking about this old 9-11, the terrorists want to stop us, garbage. I'm talking about a video of 150 far-left extremists firebombing things. <laughs> That's terrorism. Well, here's the story from the Post-Millennial. A Georgia-based voter registration nonprofit founded by Stacey Abrams and dogged by allegations of financial impropriety called for a national day of action against police terror on Tuesday. Hashtag Stop Cop City. That is the slogan, the hashtag for the terror attacks. I'd like to also point out March 9th, that's tomorrow. That's my birthday. How dare they? But if you want to stick it to the man, you can get me a birthday present by becoming a member over at TimCast.com. As a member, you get access to uncensored segments of the TimCast IRL podcast, so your support is greatly appreciated. On Sunday, far-left extremists attacked a future police training facility in Atlanta, Georgia, nicknamed Cop City. The group, of whom were dressed in black blocks, set fire to construction equipment and attacked police officers. 23 people, including a member of the Southern Poverty Law Center, were arrested. A member of? Post Millennial, who wrote this one? Ari Hoffman, an employee of, employee, receiving cash. Amazing. On Tuesday, Abrams' nonprofit, the, Georgia, the New Georgia Project, announced this Thursday, March 9th at 6 p.m., NGPAF activists and partners will be in Atlanta marching to stop Cop City as part of the National Day of Action Against Police Terror. The flyer featured the organization's logo alongside those of other radical activist groups. Well, there you go, my friends. 
we are going to likely see tomorrow more terror attacks. There was a viral story, viral videos, far leftists firebombing Atlanta, and the people there got arrested and charged with terrorism. They come back. These charges, these threats, we're going to hold you as terrorists. They don't scare these people. These peoples have shattered minds, brains that don't quite make sense. Hey, you want to come to me and be like, police do bad things. I'd be like, yes, often police do bad things. Um, not every single police officer, but the institutions, I believe, have problems and we need reform. So then you show up and firebomb things. And I'm just like, OK, well, this is quite literally the problem I was just talking about. Psychotic individuals who lack any accountability, doing whatever they want and hurting people like these activists who burned down private homes and flipped over and torched a man's truck. That sounds like the exact problem I was just talking about. When I see a video of a cop, this video went viral a couple weeks ago, falsely arresting a teenager and accusing him of, uh, of being under the influence, even though he blew a, a breathalyzer of zero, passed all the sobriety tests. I'm like, yeah, we got bad cops. We got bad cops. Does that mean you should go out and start mercilessly beating and arresting people? No, it means we're trying to stop that. But these people are as evil as those they claim to be fighting against. For the most part, I should say, Typically, the people they claim to be fighting against are like regular Americans who aren't evil. So they're lying. Andy No says, I was interviewed on Newsmax about the latest terrorist attacks by members of the Stop Cop City Antifa Network in Atlanta. Like ISIS, they've released unending propaganda with the aid of liberal media to urge comrades all over to come to Atlanta. The death of their gunman in January was further used for recruitment, leading to the attack we saw on Sunday. I'm, I'm just kind of sick of it. Let me break down for you what we are seeing to help you understand. No, 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 hold on. Most of you I know understand. I'm talking about the people who don't. For the past two years, far left extremists have occupied this territory. Recently, when police attempted to remove these extremists, they opened fire, shooting a cop, putting him in the hospital. Police returned fire, killing one of the terrorists. Because of this, the far left then rallied saying they, sh they assassinated this guy. Truth doesn't matter. They don't care about you or police or government. The, all they care about is their cult was attacked. They don't care if they started the fight. They, will, they want to end it. In response, we see more terrorism. It escalates. Police then respond by arresting people. They're now going to come out and say the police unjustly detained our people. Take a look at this story. Here we go. SPLC lawyer accused of domestic terrorism in Antifa linked attack on Atlanta police site granted $5,000 bail. 28 year old Thomas Webb Jurgens, an attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center, was granted bond. And they said, but he was a legal observer, was he? Here's the spokesperson, Michael Edison Hayden, spokesperson for the SPLC, tweeted out a chant that was used by the domestic terrorists as they carried out an ambush attack in Atlanta. Now, here's what's going to happen. Here's the tweet. Michael Edison Hayden says, stop cop city. Hashtag stop cop city. That is the slogan for the terrorists right now, expressing support for what they're doing. And that's funny. He posted this the day after they did it all. He posted it in response to them saying the SPLC is trending because a person who works as an attorney was arrested in the forest 
last night as a legal observer and charged with terrorism. Does the truth matter to these people? Of course not. They're going to weaponize this. But let me tell you the truth. We have video of 150 or so far-left extremists firebombing a government facility. Under construction, mind you. I know. And an SPLC lawyer was there. Why? Well, he was aiding and abetting them. The purpose of the legal observer is to provide a legal defense after these people become, uh, after they're captured. That is aiding and abetting terrorist actions. Now, you can argue that every terrorist, any criminal, anyone accused deserves a lawyer. Fact. But you don't have the lawyer with the criminal in the bank as they're robbing the bank. Imagine if a bunch of bank robbers said, can we get a legal observer to come with us while we rob the bank? And the, and, the, and the legal observer walks in and says, yes, I'm with these people. Yes, we are friends. Yes, we support them. But I'm not robbing you. Yeah, we'd arrest that guy and charge him as an accomplice who was aiding and abetting a bank robbery. So when Michael Edison Hayden comes out expressing support as a spokesperson for the SPLC, it is clear as day this guy who was arrested is in league with the terrorists and is providing material support for the purpose of protecting an extremist ideology. And Stacey Abrams, of course, is as well. Let's take a look at what's going on there on the ground. We got this tweet from Anthony. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, from uh, uh, Anthony Cabasa, and then a tweet from Andy No. Cabasa says, just got sent to me. This is posted on California Capitol grounds. Seems Antifa is recruiting and warning the community to be on the lookout and report fascist, patriot, and white supremacist behavior. With an email, it even links to a site to watch anarchist videos. Andy says this is a real flyer. The email domain RiseUp is used by Antifa and far-left extremists for written communication because it is difficult to be subpoenaed by law enforcement. The link on the flyer leads to an on-the-ground propaganda video of the Atlanta terror attack on March 5th. He says, Antifa have released the, uh, an on-the-ground propaganda video celebrating the terror attack on March 5th. They're promoting their website with flyers at the California State Capitol. The website that published the terror content asks for donations through Cash App and Venmo and other sources using the handle Submedia. They also operate an extremist Twitter account. And this is what they'll do. You see, this is the problem the right has. There was that viral story of Christina Buttons, the reporter for the Daily Wire, who said, Matt Walsh is just too mean, I quit. Yeah, Matt Walsh is too mean. Meanwhile, the far left terrorists and extremists are lying, cheating and stealing to collect money using government institutions and the corporate press to destroy the fabric of this country, to destroy lives, to harm people, to kill people. Yes, Aaron Danielson was shot twice in the chest. And don't forget the 30 or so who were killed during the Summer of Love riots, the George Floyd riots. And they'll lie about it. All of it. And that's the funny thing. Right now, as we are actively dealing with far-left terrorism in Georgia, the media is screaming, Tucker Carlson! Really? Amazing. Uh, I got to be honest. That's why I think the right stands to lose. I don't think they will. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying one of the weaknesses of the libertarian, uh, of the freedom faction, let's call it that, is that they just follow after the narrative. And the narrative is, is, is it's easily controlled. How many outlets are talking about the terrorism in Atlanta? Why aren't they? How many people do you know are talking about January 6th? An important story, mind you. But this is an old story. How many people do you know are talking about Tucker Carlson's leaked text messages where he criticizes Trump? A few months ago, he was laughing and having drinks with Trump. Trump doesn't drink, mind you. 
How many people are actively talking about the real terrorism that is currently underway and the announcement from a Democratic politicians organization to go and participate in it tomorrow? Why? Why can't we set the narrative? Share this video. Make people talk about what the far left is doing. Make CNN and the New York Times and all of these outlets chase after that story. Do not click on their garbage unless it is about far left terrorism. That when their views drop to the gutter, they'll say, what are people focused on? Oh, Antifa terror attacks. And then they'll start writing about it. The problem is even the right wants to talk about January 6th. I mean, we do here at Timcast, the Freedom Faction, I should say. We, we do as well, but I make space for this story as well. I got to be honest with you. I, I'd be willing to make a bet that come tomorrow, when I look at the analytics for the morning video about Tucker Carlson and this video about active calls from Democratic organizations to commit terror attacks, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic, calling for people to join terrorists who are engaged in terror attacks. I'm willing to bet this video gets substantially less viewership than the January 6th video does, despite the fact that this is a video about an active call for people to join terrorists. I don't know. Maybe there's a better word for than terrorists. Maybe you can call it insurgents. But because uh, terrorism is overplayed, in my opinion, but that's what, what's happening. Far left extremists have used violence and threats of violence, terror to force people to bend to their whims. It works. They go around firebombing buildings and nobody stands up against them. They have sexualized performances for children. And the cops won't arrest these people. And then they go on TV with their allies in the corporate press and they lie about everything. And all we do is chase our tails. Look, talking about this is important. Talking about Tucker Carlson and the evidence that he exposed is very, very important. Making sure more people hear about that is important. I kind of feel like, though, this is the counterbalance that needs to be pushed as hard as possible in the corporate press, in the mainstream sphere of public influence. So here's one thing you can do. Take this story from the post-millennial. And anytime you see anyone talk about January 6th on Twitter, post this story, post this story. Say, hey, look, Stacey Abrams is, is uh, helping organize an event with a, with a known uh, uh, terror group. Stop Cop City is the slogan for terrorists. And they say against police terror. What are the police doing? Building a facility? That's terrorism? What are, what, what's Antifa doing? Firebombing it. That's terrorism. So maybe not just this story, but also Andy Noe's tweets. How about the tweet from Andy No? about this guy supporting Stop Cop City. How about this? Take the story about the SPLC lawyer getting arrested and post the link to this story on every single tweet you see talking about January 6th. Force them. Make it trend on Twitter. And they'll say, what about ism? What about ism? You can say, no, January 6th was just two years ago, and this thing is currently happening right now. This should be the big story. How about this? I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to be at the Capitol on Friday talking with uh, Matt Gates and many other members of Congress, and I am going to ask them to create a committee on Antifa extremism, start pulling in people, filing subpoenas. Stacey Abrams should be subpoenaed and forced to testify to the select committee on the Antifa extremist threat to this nation. Do it. You see, what's happening right now are things that I think are good. 
You've got many of these Republicans going after, say, the weapon. Uh, uh, they have a committee on the weaponization of government. That's great. Investigating COVID and January 6th are all important. But it's time to go on the offensive, not the defensive. Where are we going to see this? I want to see, you know what, let me do, I, I, will, I will ask Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I'm sure she'd agree, can we get a committee to investigate active Antifa terror in this country right now? Because talking about the weaponization of government is important. Talking about COVID and January 6th, all very important, but in the past. Solving those issues and figuring out how it happened, very important. But what about what's happening right now in Georgia? What about what's happening right now with national calls for terrorism? I think something's got to be done about it. Well, I'll tell you this. Friday, we are doing another one of these Capitol Hill shows. So we, we did this show like a month or so ago in Lauren Boebert's office. It was fantastic, though we had technical difficulties. And uh, we made it work. Whatever. It was cool to hang out with, you know, Jim Jordan, Byron Donalds. Um, we, uh, we, we, had, we had a lot of great people. So Matt Gates invited us to come down again on Friday. And Friday night, we will have a show from the Capitol once again. And I want this addressed. And I know Matt Gates will address it. I think, you know, look, I got to be honest. We talk about the people who are awful in Congress. I think Matt Gates is, is the best. Absolutely. Uh, Thomas Massey is fantastic. I think Matt Gates does a better job. I really do. Rand Paul is the best in the Senate, in my opinion. Absolutely fantastic. But Matt Gates seems to be like the only guy talking sense and, and, and it's principled. So we're going to go down. We're going to hang out with them. We're going to talk about all this. And I want to hear an answer about what they can do to actively investigate and stop this. They could make criminal referrals, right? We've got terror attacks happening in Georgia. We've got people from foreign countries coming to this country and firebombing government facilities. Can we get some kind of investigation into that right now and lock these people up? Stop them. Maybe. We'll see. I kind of feel like watching this and seeing how the media narrative is constructed and how it, it, it all operates, it feels very much like the right just chases after the narrative the left wants them to. We have to push back against that. We have to set the narratives ourselves. Shun news stories that don't matter. Focus on only the stories that do. That's the important thing. Don't share stories from the left. Share stories from Timcast or the Post Millennial. Share videos from Timcast. Share this video. Become a member at Timcast.com. Let's decide for ourselves what is important and force them to talk about what we want. And right now, I think we should be talking about active calls for terrorism and active terrorism. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see y'all then. Donald Trump has called for the January 6th committee members to be tried for treason, says political hacks and thugs on panels should be thrown in jail for refusing to show videos aired by Tucker Carlson. Treason. Wow. He went way further than me. I said fraud or something like that or violation of constitutional rights. I think there's a law. Someone sent this to us that says if you use your position of government authority to subvert someone's constitutional rights, then you are guilty of a crime. And as it pertains to the Q shaman and many people who were arrested and charged on January 6th, they did withhold evidence from the public. And now we're hearing the Q shaman's defense attorney says we did not have access to that footage. Footage that, uh, in my opinion, completely exonerates the Q shaman. Now, of course, the media is still lying about all of it. And that's why I think they're all complicit. 
So I would only say this. I hope that when Donald Trump gets reelected and the Republicans take the Senate and the House, assuming any of that happens, who knows, maybe it won't. They immediately make criminal referrals to the January 6th Select Committee. I want to see these people criminally indicted for fraud against the American public, for corruption, for abuse of power, violating constitutional rights. They should be in jail. But you know what's going to happen? None of that. Why? Because you're going to get a bunch of people on the right who are going to say, well, no, but you know, we don't want them to do it to us. You're in a culture war. You're in a cold civil war. They already are doing it to you. So you can sit back and say, oh, gee, golly. Or you can fight back. Donald Trump knows it too well. They accuse Trump of being a Soviet agent. I'm not kidding. Like guy Jonathan Chait goes on MSNBC or whatever. I think it was MSNBC. And he was like, Trump may have been a Russian asset since the 80s, which would imply a Soviet asset. The Soviet Union never fell. Mm, sure. Here's a story from the Daily Mail. Trump has called for the members of the January 6th committee to be tried for treason because they knowingly refused to share the Capitol riot footage aired by Tucker Carlson. The former president called members of the Democrat-led panel political hacks and thugs that have been totally discredited by the new videos. In his Truth Social post, he also called for the release of all jailed January 6th prisoners and suspects after the Fox News host aired more clips, uh, the release of all of the suspects and, and prisoners. It included an interview with a Capitol cop wearing a MAGA hat during the riot who resigned a short time later. Carlson has been handed 40,000 hours of footage from inside the Capitol, which House Speaker McCarthy says was a decision made for transparency. Now, for most people, maybe you don't know, most of that footage is nothing, literal nothing. It sounds like a lot of footage, but there's cameras everywhere. And a lot of the camera footage is like empty hallways and empty rooms and furniture and things like that. But of the key areas where it went down, I think we, were, we heard there's like 20,000 hours of footage of what really happened. How many people would be exonerated as bumbling dotards who walked into a building led in by police if that footage was made public? Great job by Tucker Carlson tonight. Trump wrote late Tuesday night. The unselect committee of political hacks and thugs has been totally discredited. They knowingly refused to show the videos that mattered. They should be tried for fraud and treason. And those imprisoned and being persecuted should be exonerated and released now. I got to be honest, my Trump impersonation is not good because I actually just can't do a Trump impersonation. So what I do is I try to impersonate Seamus Coughlin of Freedom Tunes impersonating Trump. That seems to work for me. And then you get this weird non-Trump Trump. Treason is punishable by death in the United States. Jeez. And the lowest prison sentence is five years. I don't think it's treason. It is described in the criminal code as whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the U.S. or elsewhere, is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be imprisoned not less than five years and fined under this title, but not less than $10,000 and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. Sedition, maybe? I would call it a seditious conspiracy. Can we get to seditious conspiracy charges against these people? On Monday, Carlson claimed the footage showed the rioters were mostly peaceful. Hey, it's a fact. Look at the data. The data shows that I think around 90% of those charged were charged for parading and trespassing, not for violence. Most people who were arrested for violent actions 
were, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, most of the most of the people who were arrested and charged were for nonviolent actions, and only around 10% of the people arrested and charged were for violent actions. Hey, lock those people up. Okay, you want, you want to riot, you want to be violent, fine. But there were people who were led in by cops. They say it was mostly peaceful. On Tuesday, spoke with Lieutenant Tarek uh, Johnson about the unrest. Johnson told Carlson that his bosses had failed them, saying the Capitol Police commanders were ill-prepared and did not answer when he radioed seeking guidance. He said it was shameful that his boss, Assistant Chief Yogananda Pittman, who oversaw the department's operations in the days leading up to the riot, had been praised by Pelosi and was now in a cozy role heading up policing at the University of California in Berkeley. Oh, surprise, surprise. Big jobs for people who play ball. The frontline officers and supervisors were not prepared at all, Johnson told Carlson. We had no idea we were going to be facing what we faced that day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Carlson broadcast footage of Johnson appearing to help protect members of Congress inside the building when it was stormed. Johnson was suspended the day after the riot when footage of him in a MAGA cap emerged. He then resigned, believing he had no future in the force. Around two o'clock, I hear an officer say the Capitol was breached, so I ran inside to assist, adding that he locked doors to keep the political leader safe. He then radioed his bosses for help. I said something to the effect of, we need direction. What do you want me to do? Nobody responded. So let me break this down for you. Tucker Carlson not only showed the violence, he showed the nuance. He even brought in a Capitol cop who said, yeah, it was pretty bad. And for that, they have said Tucker Carlson is a liar. They have called on Fox News to shut down his show, which will never happen. And uh, let me just say, these people are the definition of evil. Trump calling for them to be tried for treason. Okay, let's 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 wind things down a little bit here, Mr. President. Seditious conspiracy. I believe that the January 6th committee members should all, all of them, be investigated for seditious conspiracy because what they did undermined this country to such a degree we are on the verge of ripping each other apart. If they were honest, talked about what really happened and showed the nuance, perhaps we'd come to some understanding. But they're evil. The January 6th committee is a, a, a symptom of a disease plaguing this once great nation, that our culture is bifurcated. And because of a lack of cultural cohesion and moral cohesion, you have people who are simply extracting everything they can. And that means piece by piece, the building is falling apart. It is a house that is made of golden bricks. And we all try to maintain it, this beautiful place that we live. One by one, People have been pulling bricks from the foundation and running away with them. Or how about this? Here's a better analogy. It was the shining city on the hill, the golden city, the emerald city. And these people, these Democrats, want to extract from it as much as they can as they destroy it. They don't care if it falls apart. The snowflake doesn't blame itself for the avalanche. So they walk up and they pull gold from, from the building from its foundation until one day it will come crashing down. But that's kind of the point. 
Maybe, as I've stated before, the Titanic that is the United States has already hit the iceberg. The sinking is inevitable. Maybe not, but that's what they believe. Or perhaps there is such a lack of cohesion that these individuals like these Democrats feel the best option for them, the safest, is to grab a bunch of silverware and find China, throw it in a lifeboat and just get out while you still can. And what they'll do is they'll take all of that wealth and they'll invest it in China and other countries. And then when the U.S. comes crashing down, they'll maintain their wealthy lives under the boot of the Chinese Communist Party. That's where it feels like we're headed. Because if it was uh, Trump, I, I wondered about this. Maybe Trump sees the same thing. He sees this country is sinking. And so what he decides to do is say, look, we're not going to be the unipolar world power. The dollar will likely falter as the, petro- as, the US, uh, as the global reserve. But that means secure our borders, bring manufacturing back, shore up our defenses, and we will make it through. I'll give you another analogy. A storm is coming, a bad one, and we can see it. The winds are already fierce and causing damage to the property. And you have the Democrats and you have Trump. And the Democrats say, look, I'm going to grab as much stuff as I can, get in the car and drive off. And Trump says, we cannot abandon the people who live here. The storm's coming, so board up the doors and windows and it will get bad, but we will make it through. Pick one. You want to stand by and watch as they grab all of your stuff from your house, throw it in a pickup truck and just speed off into the distance? That ain't going to help you. Oh, but they'll leave and they'll go to a neighbor's property. Or you can stand with Trump. I don't think treason's the answer, but seditious conspiracy, I think, would work. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Today, Ron DeSantis called out the lies, exposing the book ban hoax. He put on an event where he actually, he played a video showing the books that are being removed and why. I got news for you. Twitter has already censored the video. Why? Uh, Because it's graphic adult content. Ron DeSantis tweeted exposing the book ban hoax, and Twitter says the following media includes potentially sensitive content. I cannot show you the video. I can't. I can explain some of it to you, probably to the best of my abilities in a family-friendly way. I'll do my best. Let's talk about this story. We have this video. This is the live stream, an hour and 50 minutes from Ron DeSantis. Again, I will stress, I cannot play the full video for you, but I want to play just the beginning until I have to stop. Teachers who display or give a student a book deemed unallowed could face up to five years in prison. They post in the MSNBC segment. It says the Washington Post, hide your books to avoid felony charges, Florida schools tells teachers. Breaking the law is a third degree felony meaning that a teacher could face up to five years in prison and a $5,000 fine for displaying or giving students a disallowed book. You heard that right. Five years in prison for handing a child a book. The law requires books to be free from pornography. Oh, oh, really? Okay, well, that sounds reasonable. Instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. Also, why would you be having sex ed kids for uh, sex ed books for those kids? So, OK, fine. All right. And discrimination. In a- oh, free from dis- free of discrimination. OK, what's the problem with banning porn for kindergartners? Way that an individual by virtue of his or her race, color, sex or national origin is inherently racist or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. 
unconsciously. All right. Fact one. Here are the books parents found in Florida schools and reported to their school districts for removal. I can't show you the books. I can't. I got one right here, though. This is one of the books. Ian, you know him from Tim Castile, ordered it. And in this book, there are graphic adult depictions. Let me just put it this way. Let me explain for you a bit of the things beyond genderqueer people have heard of. I strongly encourage people to uh, read it however they can, because genderqueer is a book about a woman who was psychologically abused, and I would say to a certain degree physically abused by her parents, and it induced trauma. The author is a fetishist who uh, is, uh, states in the book that she is aroused at the thought of being a man, and that may explain everything she does. But uh, it's about a young girl who peed in the backyard when she was a kid. That's where she would pee. She couldn't read till she was 12. She would use crusted pads covered crusted with blood for days and smelled so bad the school actually told her she needed to get her hygiene in order. That's one book for kids where they talk about how that's all good. Wow. Some of the images displayed next, I just, I absolutely can't show you, but it depicts, let's just say, male-on-male graphic, full-on, full-on images. Okay, I'm, I, I just, there you go. I, um, you ever see It's Always Sunny? And they're talking about doing that movie with Dolph Lundgren, and like, here's the twist, we show it. You know, the sex scenes. One of the images, so, so we have in Genderqueer, adult graphic content of individuals performing acts on each other. In one of the books, it actually shows two men. One man is with his back, you know, it has his back to the other man. And uh, uh, the man behind is engaging in adult activities to the man in front. Uh, And I'll just leave it at that. I think you understand what I'm saying. They actually show it full on penetrative, full on showing it in a book meant for children. Or at the very least, they are presenting it to kids. Can't show you. Can't show you the images. Not on YouTube. YouTube would not allow me. I would probably get a strike if I showed you these images. When Ron DeSantis, I mean, this is absolutely hilarious. Twitter has censored the, the video. The following media includes potentially sensitive content. Here, let me, let me, let me read some for you. They say the government joined, uh, the governor, sorry, joined several local officials in criticizing schools and teachers that have been, that, that have removed nearly all books uh, from the classrooms and school libraries, asserting that local districts have been able to, to approve specific books on a case-by-case basis. Hillborough County was aimed at identifying several books that DeSantis asserts were present in school libraries and have material that is not appropriate for children. One parent who spoke mentioned two items she alleges were present in a school, a hustler magazine and a book called A Court of Mist and Fury. After mentioning items by name, those items by name, she also mentioned another unnamed book she alleges was in the school library that advised students on the process of uploading photos to Grindr, a gay hookup app. DeSantis mentioned that 89% of the books that were actually removed from school shelves during the approval process included pornographic material or material that was, wasn't deemed appropriate for the grade or age level that had access to the books at the time of review. Some books that he mentioned were explicitly approved involved the lives of anti-slavery activist Frederick Douglass and black bas- baseball player Jackie Robinson. He defended accusations that a law banned discussions of race, mentioning that Florida law requires the discussion of race and the nation's past with slavery. What they're trying to claim, because they're lying, and all they do is lie, they're trying to claim that Florida's banning discussions of slavery. No, 
What they banned was books that are discriminatory based on race. It's weird. Why would the left lie about that and want books that were discriminatory on the basis of race? How strange. They say last month, Florida House Speaker Paul Renner requested information about a book that was challenged in Hillsborough County titled This Book is Gay. While the vast majority of reading and educational materials in our school libraries are age appropriate, some books are so clearly obscene and directed to children that they would be rejected by adult bookstores. Any fair-minded person reviewing these books would agree, and we will not tolerate continued efforts to bypass Florida law. I want you all to, look, I don't want people to buy this book, Genderqueer, because I don't want the individual who wrote it to receive money. But you do need to understand this book, and it's probably very important that you read it, and perhaps it's important that you do buy it. I don't want the person who wrote it to get money, but I do want you to have it so you can show people. I had a friend. Uh, a, a friend who is very much lefty, known for a long time. And I said, they are bringing pornographic material into children's libraries. And they didn't believe me. They said, no, they aren't. That's ridiculous. That's a right wing talking point. And so I simply grabbed the book and I said, look at this. Stonewall Honor American Library Association. Oh, Library Association. Is this in libraries for kids? And then I simply went to the back and showed the sex act. And they were like, well, I can't believe that. I, I, that, that can't be in libraries. What, what you just, I, here's a picture. Look at the picture. I want you to look at it. Yep. Two adults performing activities, uh, acts on each other, gratuitous acts. Is that appropriate for kids? No, but that's not in libraries. You're lying. So after I show you the book with the award from the American Library Association on it, Numerous reports that this book has been in schools, numerous reports of outrage from the left that's being banned in schools. And then I show you the picture and you say, there's no way that's possible. It's crazy. It's almost like we're telling the truth. They are showing this stuff to kids. It's amazing. And it's not just the only one. I, I you know, I got to be honest. One of these books I'm worried that if I, if I scroll forward, you know what I'll do? I'll take it off screen and uh, I'll take it off screen and I will, uh, let, me, let me just play the video so you can hear the audio. Here's uh, the books that were found. They said, what was found is shocking, graphic, and we warn you, it is not appropriate for children. Flamer by Mike Curato was found in Broward, Collier, Hillsborough, Marion, Seminole, and Volusia County schools. The camp the boys go to in the book has an island that the book says looks like a frying pan, but we're all certain it looks like a f***ing balls. It also contains a shower scene <laughs> wow. with a group of boys where a young man gets an erection. Another where a boy watches porn and asks, why is there so much hair? While noting that those f***s are so big. And if none of this causes you to pause, there's another section where a group of boys masturbate together and are pressured to ejaculate into a bottle. Jeez. Are these ideologically driven books an appropriate use Let's of taxpayer money? By Erica Moen and Matthew Nolan was found in a Broward County school and contains graphic depictions of how to masturbate for males. And so one of the images right now that I have off screen explains in great detail how to use, let's just say, anal insertion tools and actually shows two men engaged in full-on activities. With an encouragement to use a butt plug. Even more startling is the guide on how to sext for children. 
encouraging them to send photos that don't include your face, hide your birthmarks and scars, and edit out your piercings and tattoos. Books by Rupi Kaur, such as... The, the craziest thing, I, I think, from this is the image of the two men engaging in, like, outright intercourse. I can't show it. I just... This is, this is YouTube. You know, it can't... ...was found in a Broward County school and contains graphic depictions... Uh, this is crazy. Let me let me let me try and at least read some of it. It says when it comes to reproduce, this is this is crazy. Okay, so it, 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 maybe it's not two men. I can't really tell. It just outright shows, weirdly, an amputee. Okay, I got I got man. It shows a a black amputee. Yes, he's missing a leg, and have banging a woman. I guess. And it says, whoa, that's not safe for work. That's what they're showing to the kids. So, look, man. They ain't banning books. They're banning porn. Why are, why are leftists trying so hard to get porn in schools? This porn ban from Ron DeSantis, I think, is appropriate. So why do teachers want porn in the classroom? Ask yourself this and ask your, ask your friends this. Did you hear that story about the teachers that... that porn. It was like, a, it was like a, there was a hustler and then some other porn book showing like people doing it. And then when they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, they're like, I don't know, look it up. I don't know, it happened. What should we say? They're trying really hard. I think it's because they're pedophiles. Hmm. Well, it is what it is. We just got to keep calling it out and saying no. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. I saw this video went a little viral, I guess. Some people are talking about it. It's of a woman who is 36 years old and she's crying because she's hit the wall. She's divorced and she doesn't think she's going to be able to have kids. I have no animosity towards this woman. I feel bad for her. So I think for someone like this, you know, I hope people don't insult or mock her. It's not her fault. This this video I want to play for you. It's it's two minutes long. It's, It's terrifying because I think so many women have been lied to by other women, by this machine, that it's resulted in very deep pain for women who are in their late 30s. And as this woman says, she goes, I want to have a family. I have no time left. It can't be done. She can't. She says she can't believe that she had embryos and she could have had kids and she didn't. And now she never she probably never will. That's kind of terrifying. Look, I'm 37. I don't have any kids working on it. Uh, planning on a, on a family and all that stuff, and uh, definitely late bloomers. It is it is a trend among millennials to wait a very very long time. It's very strange. I can't explain why, but look, I'm a guy. I'm a dude. I can have kids whenever. I don't have to think about this stuff. When you tell young women to be masculine, you can be like a man. You can be a CEO. You can have it all. What they often don't tell you is that you actually don't have time. Men. There are dudes who had kids when they're in their 70s. That's crazy. Women certainly can't do that. I'm going to play for you, uh, play for you this video. And I, I hope, uh, look, I'll say two things. Not all women feel this way. Women, women who don't want to have kids, more power to you. Chelsea Handler, she, talk, she did that video where she's like, I wake up in the morning, do drugs and masturbate because I don't have kids. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, whatever, do your thing. But I hope this video shines a light in the other direction. For women who do want to have kids, consider what this woman who is 36 is telling you. Let me play the video for you. I'm sitting here with just this horrible realization. 
I've been divorced for three years, and in that three years, I have spent most of my days figuring out how I can become physically, mentally, financially, spiritually healthy enough to be able to afford and take care of a child. And not only have I taken that time, but I've done the math, and it it does not work out. I am not young enough, or fertile enough, or financially stable enough. to even do another round of IVF and at 36 like I'm sorry like you're gonna say like you have time like I don't because I can't spend another minute of my life trying to make something work When I'm just fighting upstream. I don't have a support system. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources or the community. And it just kills me. It kills me that I had embryos with my ex-husband that were viable. And they're just gone now. And my future... My future with those children. That's it. I know there's probably more to this video, but that's it. And so, I mean, there's a lot of lessons there but I've uh, from this woman. And I, I hope everybody gives her respect and I, and I wish her the best. I feel bad for her. I don't think it's tough, man. This, this system, this machine says you have time. And she says right here, I don't. She had a husband. She got divorced. This isn't necessarily a story of a woman who screwed up. I mean, she got married. She's 36, but she got divorced. What I think the lesson from this is, it takes a village. And there are going to be a lot of women who are experiencing this. And uh, they're going to be very angry. And go one of two ways. The original tweet that I saw said, I hope everybody realizes that these women are going to all be experiencing, there's going to be many women experiencing this, childless husbandless, familyless, supportless. They're going to need money from somewhere and they're all going to vote. Now she wants to have kids and she needs a support system. So what's going to happen? This voting block, as I said, could go one of two ways. Ultra progressive or ultra traditionalist, but nowhere in the middle. If they go in the middle and they go the route of modern feminism, they're just unhappy and have no kids. If they go the ultra progressive route, the state will provide for them and inseminate them. Or they can go the ultra traditionalist route and say, have families, get married young, have kids, get it done early. That's the traditional route. Now, there's going to be some people who probably stick in the middle. I'm going to be wrong. But I think you're going to see a lot of these people vote for communism, socialism. And you're going to see a lot of these people go hard traditionalist, religious, have family at young ages. 
at a younger age. Go back to uh, the way it used to be. Women having kids. I think what was the average age? It was like 22. Women would get married around 18. They would spend their entire, they would, they would date a handful of people and by date, no sex. And they would find one guy and they say, hey, let's get married. And they get married. Then they'd have kids and they would do it in their early 20s. Today, you get people like me, 37, no kids. I don't know. Don't ask me why. That's the way the machine worked. That's the way it was. I spent the last 10, 12 years just working and grinding nonstop 12, 18 hours a day. I talked about something like this um, a few years ago that the issue, I believe, is modern feminism. And the funny thing is the left took it to try and make these claims that I had no sex life, which was actually the inversion of what I was trying to say. As I've often said, love is hard. Sex is easy. For the modern male, it is so easy to go out and find a woman who doesn't expect a relationship or marriage or money or anything who will just give it up. But what if you want companionship? You want a partner? You want a family? That's hard, especially in an age when most women, millennial women, are far left, don't want kids, want to be CEOs. I shouldn't say most, but many of them. And, of the, and when you bring this up on, uh, on YouTube or whatever, the left attacks you for it. I think they just generally don't like kids. But it doesn't matter. I mean, that's not my audience anyway. So they try and make these claims to my... This is a funny thing, too. The left will be like toxic masculinity. But then when you bring up that it's very difficult to have a stable relationship these days because of feminism, they will then attack your masculinity and mock you. It's almost like all of a sudden they care about it. Now... They're just trying to belittle you. But the problem is, look, for someone who actually is successful, stable, and knows what they want, your mockery means very little. They call Ben Shapiro an incel, and it's like, dude's married with several children. They mock Matt Walsh for the same reason. It's like, the guy is married and has kids. I don't think what you're saying matters. If your own audience doesn't want to have kids or doesn't like, to- doesn't like masculinity, Why would insulting a conservative's masculinity matter when he's secure in his masculinity and has a family and a wife? It's meaningless. I'll tell you what I think it means. And again, I feel bad for this woman. I, 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 she's not, she's had nothing wrong. She deserves no mockery. I don't know how she votes. She probably votes left, but this is her saying, like, I've done the math, like it's not working. She's coming to that realization. But I'll just say this. I think the left is jealous and they're suffering. There are probably people like this woman who are in their mid to late 30s who are realizing they hit the wall. They missed their opportunity. Men want the guys their age are going after younger women who are more fertile and who are more traditional. I mean, that's in the data we've seen released from dating apps. So what can they do? Sour grapes. They can be angry. They can blame the system and claim they never wanted it in the first place. I am not saying all the women. There are many women who don't want this. That's fine. I've got got no beef. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm saying I bet there are a lot of women, and a lot could be 10, could be 100, could be 1,000. I'm just saying there's probably going to be a lot of women, a lot more moving forward, I should say, who are going to act like having kids is bad. They never wanted kids. And the real reason is it never happened for them. So they're in a weakened social category. For the women who have kids and have families and are gossiping and wine moms and all that stuff, they're having a good time. Socially acceptable. But what if you're an old spinster? What if you can't have kids? How are you going to be cool? Now you can be like Chelsea Handler and brag about how you wake up early in the morning, do drugs and masturbate. 
That's fine. Do your thing. It reminds me of The Simpsons. There's that clip where the, the Van Milhouse's parents get divorced. And then Milhouse's dad shows Homer his bachelor living place. And he's like, hey, this is my room, Homer. I, I have, my bed's a race car. Do you sleep in a race car at night? And Homer goes, I sleep in a big bed with my wife. Oh, that's it. Do you sleep in a race car? <laughs> no, I sleep in a big bed with my wife. That's the answer. It's funny. Simpsons understood this back in the 90s. Many of these people who are suffering in this way are going to revert to some kind of, well, I'm better off for it as they wither and die inside. I feel bad for this lady, man. She's online posting a video crying, saying, I've done the math. I don't have the money. I don't have the time, the resources. It can't be done. Yeah, it takes a village. A husband can help. You want to have kids. Man, here's the crazy thing. How many guys knocked up, knocked up some chick and then just ran off and didn't care about it? Accidentally had kids. And those women have to physically bear the brunt of finding food, of creating the human with no one there for them. But this is modern feminist culture. Women, women saying like, I don't need no man and men being like, I have no responsibility. So who cares? Now, granted, there's still alimony, child support, court issues and stuff. But this is the problem we're facing right now. And, you know, I'm hoping that for women like this, they actually go the other way with it. Maybe she realizes what the left has proposed has hurt her and will hurt others. And we need to say, look, if you're a woman who wants to have a family, your choice, you can choose whatever you want. Just consider you need to get married. You need to be young to have kids. You want to be younger. You can wait a little bit. That's true. But you want to do it when you're young, when you're the healthiest. The younger a woman is when she gives birth to a kid, that kid has a longer lifespan. But it's usually like from like 20 to 28. So obviously too young and the mother suffers health complications and too old and the mother and the baby will suffer health complications. So there is a right age for having kids. This video makes me sad, man. Seeing this woman cry because she feels like she's out of time and she can't have a family. I hope that doesn't happen to you. And I hope y'all learn from this. And I wish this woman the best. You have my, my sympathy, my empathy. I hope, it, I hope you figured it out. I hope it worked out for you because you shouldn't be crying and angry about this. It shouldn't happen. I hope you've figured out a way to make it work. I want people to be happy. I just hope people realize before it's too late. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.